Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 in the Bible says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Johannes Kepler, the Czech scientist who is regarded as one of the founding fathers of the subject of astronomy, and by the way, a man who was a committed Christian, was walking to a friend's house through the city of Prague one winter, wondering what to do about his money problems. You see, his financial patron, the emperor, had failed to pay his salary that year, and so he had no money to buy Christmas presents for his friends. And understandably, he was very down about that. Well, as he was going over the Charles Bridge, it happened to be snowing. And he became somewhat distracted by the snowflakes falling on his jacket. As a scientist, he was fascinated by their structure. Each one had unique shapes, but were all six-sided and typically flat. This intrigued him, but it also gave him an idea. He decided he would research these little diamonds that fell from the sky and he would write a book about them which he would dedicate to his friends for Christmas. That would be his present for them. And so he did just that. And in the year 1611, the same year the King James Bible was published in this country, Kepler produced his book called The Six-Cornered Snowflake, reckoned to be one of the first scientific treaties on snow, later followed by a man called Robert Hooke in 1700. Now I have to say I totally get it because I think snow is fascinating. Because the conditions in the atmosphere are never exactly the same twice, no snowflake is exactly the same as another. As one physicist has said, even when two snowflakes appear identical on the outside, multiple variations within the flakes, nevertheless, will make them quite different. Every snowflake contains a unique combination of dust particles, impurity atoms, and imperfections in the ordering of atoms. And so every snowflake is different, which is amazing. And there are just so many of them, aren't there? In fact, it may surprise you to know that in just one cubic foot of snow, there are about 20 million snowflakes. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? By the way, that's, uh, that's two cubic foot of snow. <laughs> and get this, if you were to take all the snowflakes reckoned to have fallen in history, it would be about a billion, billion times more than all the known stars in the universe. Now that to me is just astounding. Then there's the amazing thing that snow does, isn't there? Uh, Mount Baker in Washington, for instance, received no less than 95 feet of snowfall in the winter of 1998 to 1999. And according to the Guinness Book of Records, Guinness World Records, the world's largest snowflake fell in January 1887 in Montana and measured 15 inches or 38 centimetres. That's bigger than a standard school ruler. It's amazing stuff if you get my drift. But perhaps one thing about snow stands out about everything else 
uh, to the untrained eye, and that is, of course, its colour. It is dazzling white. In fact, as you know, snow blindness is a real risk to those who go skiing or travelling in mountainous regions because it is so white. In fact, I heard of one lady who brought her washing in one day because the white of the snow was showing up the colour of her sheets. And it is the whiteness of the snow that God speaks about in the book of Isaiah in the Bible in chapter 1 verse 18 when he calls sinners like us through the pages of the Bible to come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And because I'm dreaming of a white Christmas this year, just like the ones I used to know, I thought we'd have a look at this verse tonight and see three things about it which speak to our hearts in perhaps an unexpected way about the real meaning of Christmas. And I want us to see three things in this passage tonight. The need to be made as white as snow, the promise to be made as white as snow, and the invitation to be made as white as snow. First of all then, the need to be made as white as snow. And the need is seen in the fact that God says that our sins, the things we do wrong, are like scarlet and are red like crimson. This is God's description of how he sees our own personal sinfulness. And there may actually be a cultural twist here with the Old Testament people of Israel in those days, because from another scripture, it seems that when it snowed in Israel, and it does snow in Israel, uh, there's a picture to prove it, uh, they have quite heavy snowfall at times. When it snows, the people used to put on scarlet clothing to keep themselves warm and to help them be seen, especially when they were out on the hills uh, looking after the sheep or whatever. For instance, Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 21 in another place in the Bible says of a good mother, she is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. In other words, they put on red woolly clothes to keep them warm and so they could easily be seen when they were walking across the snowy fields or hills. But God seems to be saying, just as you cover yourselves in scarlet during the snow, that's what you look like in your sin to me. And next to my perfection, which is white as snow, you stand out terribly in your sinfulness. You see, friends, I hate to be a travel agent for guilt trips, but you and I are in trouble with God because of our sin. It's true that we may not have all sinned in the same way or to the same degree or even with the same knowledge of what we were doing. But we have all sinned. And one sin alone is enough to make us guilty before a holy God. If you don't believe me, look at Adam and Eve. They didn't eat a whole orchard. They just ate one fruit, the forbidden fruit. And that one sin was enough to cost them the Garden of Eden, wasn't it? And you know, when I think of my lust, my swearing, bitterness, greed, selfishness, pride and dishonesty, just to mention a few of the things that I'm ashamed of, if I'm honest, I know that what God says here is true. My sins are like scarlet. And I think you probably know that in your heart too. Most of us have something on our conscience somewhere. 
Arthur Conan Doyle, the uh, author of the Sherlock Holmes movies, once wrote a joke to the 12 most respectable, uh, wrote a, 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 as a joke to the 12 most respectable people who he knew were living in London, sending them a telegram that simply said, flee, all has been revealed. And within 24 hours, six of them had left the country. We all have skeletons in the closet. And you know, this is actually very serious because where you spend Christmas matters far less than where you'll spend eternity. And the God who threw Adam and Eve out of Eden for one sin will banish us from heaven for one sin too. And if you don't go to heaven, there's only one alternative. So you see, we have a great need to be made as white as snow, as our Bible first talks about. But the second thing I want you to see here is the promise to be made white as snow. The verse goes on and says, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The whole reason for this verse is to promise us forgiveness and cleansing from our sins if we will turn to the Lord in true repentance and faith. He's promising to make us pure and clean, ready for heaven, if we'll do that. He says, they shall be white as snow. In other words, he's offering us a clean heart and a fresh start. And he can make that promise to make us as white as snow because he is able to deliver it. You know, I heard about a little girl who waited in a long line to go and see Father Christmas at a shopping mall. And when she got in there, she asked Santa, are you a politician? He said, no, why do you ask? She said, because you always promise more than you deliver. <laughs> well, God isn't like that, friends. God doesn't make promises. He doesn't deliver. In fact, General William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, said to his son on his deathbed, he said, Bramwell, he said, the promises of God are sure. And he was right. They're sure. They're certain. And this is one of them. He says, and he, he says, he will forgive us and make us clean if we come to him on his terms. And that's what he means when he says, let us reason together. You know, in the Bible, that's actually courtroom language, not negotiating table language, as it might seem at first. Bible commentator Warren Wearsby says, the word translated reason in verse 18 means to decide in a court case. But instead of pronouncing judgment, the judge is offering us pardon. What an incredible thing. And let's be clear, he's not offering to just sweep our sins under the rug and forget about it. No, he's offering to pay for our sins in full through his son, Jesus Christ, who was born at Bethlehem and grew up to die on the cross for each one of us. You know, that's why the wise men brought a gift of myrrh, because myrrh was for dead people. They understood Jesus had come with the admission to die. That's why Joseph was taught, told, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this is how you and I can have a truly white Christmas, if we'll turn to him and put our trust in him. The hymn writer said, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. 
And that brings us to the invitation, which is the third thing I want to speak to you about. And the invitation is seen in the first two words of this verse from the Bible, which says, come now. In other words, God is calling us to come to him in prayer now and freely accept his offer to be made clean. And I just want to ask, will you come to him now? While you're sitting here in this carol service, will you call on the Lord in your heart and say, Lord, save me, cleanse me, forgive me. I need to be made white as snow and I'm trusting in Jesus to be made to be my saviour. Will you do that? That's how you become a real Christian. You say, I thought it was by christening you become a Christian. No, I'm sorry to tell you this, but christening isn't even mentioned in the Bible. It's a man-made invention. And anyway, water on the skin can't get rid of sin in the heart. Only the blood of Jesus on the cross for our sin can do that. And so the Lord says, come now and I'll cleanse you. Will you do that? I hope you will. I'm praying for a white Christmas this year. Not one with physical snow, but one where sinners like me are washed white as snow by the grace of our God. May it be so tonight.